0: You're listening to Asbury University's Chapel Podcast, recorded live from our campus in Wilmore, Kentucky. Asbury's Chapel Service hosts speakers from around the world to inspire academic excellence and spiritual vitality. We hope you enjoy today's message. Well, well, well. Look at this good-looking crew right here in the front row. Oh, man. You guys must have all your chapel attendances because I know you don't sit there. Guys, welcome to chapel. I'm so glad you're here. And you, you decided to come on the Friday before Thanksgiving. Wow. Either you love me or you don't have enough chapel attendances. And so <laughs> I'm so grateful that you're here either way. Guys, I am excited about today and a little nervous, to be honest with you, because this is an honor and privilege to be able to stand on the stage. I don't take it lightly. So I wonder if you would lean in with me just for a moment. And would you pray with me? Would you posture your hearts? Yeah, King Jesus, be exalted. Jesus, be lifted up. Jesus, you are worthy. And Jesus, you are here. Would you help us, Holy Spirit? Would you usher our hearts into your presence to hear the gentle whisper? This morning, we lean in. We lean in. Be exalted in this time. Jesus, would you get me out of the way? And would you just speak what you have to say? We love you. Thank you for loving us. Gosh, thanks for loving us, Jesus. You are worthy. We love you. In your name, in Jesus' name, amen. So kind of want to tell you a story about my life and about my wife, Rochelle. Josh mentioned her. Rochelle, for the seniors in the room, may may remember her. Rochelle was campus mom. For the juniors in the room, you probably heard of her. You knew that she was going through a cancer battle and fight. And Rochelle was, was one of those people that was superhuman. She could work full time, go to grad school, have a 4.0, and still be a mom and... And a, and a wife and, and basically, well, actually Josh, probably accurate. she was a mom to me at times too, so definitely a need to her in my life. Rochelle was just amazing and we made a great team. I mean, honestly, we were a great team. We got to travel the world. This is us on the Masai Mara in Kenya and I could not have been more blessed with the teammate that I had in Rochelle. We lifted each other up, we empowered one another. She pointed me to Jesus in so many ways. And this is our greatest achievement though, right here. Uh, if I could just say this, uh, don't worry Asbury, he has quit smoking, he's got off the candy cigarettes. He never inhaled, that would have been really bad, but he did a lot of chewing. And it's November, Josh, so well done. You got a lot to catch up for, so. But we were great teammates. And I love this picture, I just wanna show this because this is a moment where, if you remember seniors, this is when we shared, this is the last time we actually got to share together at a global cafe. And we we shared kind of, our scriptures. And if you go to Global Cafe, you're part of WGM, you hear me quote all the time, Colossians 3, 15 through 17. That's mine. But Rochelle's was Isaiah 43, the passage we read. And to, this was her time where so we got to share. And I love this picture because this is where I friend-zoned her. I mean, we are telling the story how we met and I friend-zoned her with a song. Um, so yeah, I'll play it for you later, just not today. We're going to keep going. All right. But in January of 21, January 18th, actually, she started having headaches, and she's a, she was a nurse practitioner, and, and we thought, oh gosh, she probably caught COVID, because this is like the height of COVID, right? She's got headaches. She's not feeling well. She's feeling nauseous, and she's in bed, and it was January 18th. I remember the day correctly, because her head had been hurting more and more and more, and I woke up around 2 or 3 a.m., and I hear just this groaning in the bathroom, and I find her laying on the floor, just writhing in pain. I said, we need to go to the ER. She's like, yeah. And I remember us going to the ER, and they put us in one of those vacuum-sealed rooms, you know, that because they thought it might have been COVID. I remember that, and they're testing her, and they're like, unclean, unclean, unclean. And, and I, I remember being in that space, going through all the tests. The COVID came clear. They came in. The psychiatrist was coming in because she was starting to hear noises, and she was hearing like songs. She's like, do you hear those people singing? They're like, does your wife have a history of schizophrenia? I'm like, no, I'm the crazy one in this relationship. She's pretty sane. Well, we probably should do some more tests. So we did a CT scan and an MRI. When those tests came back, it showed a pretty large mass on her brain. This is a picture of us in the ER after finding out about this tumor. I remember Rochelle telling one of our friends, Katie, who was an RN, telling her, because Rochelle's a nurse practitioner. She She was smart. She knew kind of what this might mean. She's like, I don't know if this is gonna end well. The only way that I might find healing is if God heals me in this. But yet after saying something like that, I saw Rochelle in that moment. There was a young nurse that came in and she was encouraging this young nurse, telling her, what a good job you're doing. Man, oh, if you do this, that might help because she was on her for so many years. And she was just encouraging her and lifting her up. And here we are smiling in a bed. When it feels like everything is bleak and everything is lost. Because believe me, we felt all the feelings in that moment. The tears, the fear. We felt at that moment just like, what is happening? But also in that moment, we knew this reality that God was with us. How do you hold that tension? How do you live in that reality of something that's really hard? How do you have hope in that moment? One of the things I can tell you about Rochelle was this. That woman loved the Word. This is her actually during her battle with cancer. That Bible, this Bible, went with her everywhere, everywhere on the porch. She loved that porch. When she couldn't walk very well, she put it in her walker and she walked around with this. And literally, she would get down, sit down pick it up, start reading. And then when we had to put her in a wheelchair, we put it in the back thing of the wheelchair to wheel it around. She couldn't see out of her, her left side, but yet she was always reading the word. She lived into the reality of Isaiah 43. She lived into that reality. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. And when you pass through the waters, they will not overcome you, for I am with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. And when you pass through the fire, it will not consume you. It will not set you ablaze. Do not be afraid, for I am with you. See, Rochelle knew this. This is in her Bible. She wrote, I am a child of the king. The best is yet to come. How does someone write that while they're battling cancer? How does someone write that? Because see, she knew whose she was. There's something powerful about that. But there's also something powerful about the reality of fear, right? That passage says this, do not fear for I've redeemed you. Do not be afraid for I am with you. It's amazing what can happen when we're afraid. Remember the, at the beginning of the passage, it says, I created you, O Jacob, and formed you, O Israel. Two different names. Jacob was the old name. He was the deceiver. He was the one that deceived Esau. He was the one that deceived Laban. He was the one that, that weasled his way to get his birthright. This was Jacob, but yet God called his name. But he gave him a new name, Israel, one who wrestles with God. And it's amazing when fear comes into play, I think many times we forget whose we are. And we revert back to old names and old patterns. Think about Israel. They're fleeing Egypt, right? They've walked out as conquerors. God has redeemed them. He has rescued them. He has saved them. They get to the Red Sea. And guess what? Egypt is coming, right? Egypt has come. Pharaoh said, oh, what have I done? My cash cow is out the door. Get them back. And when Israel turns and they see Egypt coming, what happens? They cry out, What have you done to us? Why have you brought us out here? We were better off in Egypt. We were better off as slaves. At least we had three meals. You brought us out here to die. It's amazing that when fear sets in, when fear sets in, we revert back and we forget whose we are. We forget who rescued us. We forget who calls us by name. We forget the one who redeemed us. We forget. Don't forget. Isaiah 43 says, when the waters rise up, when the rivers come, when the fire comes, what does that mean? It's not conditional as in if, it is adverbial. It means when. That means in life, guess what? We are going to have hard times. We're gonna have moments where there will be suffering. We will have moments where there will be pain. We will have moments where it will be hard. And fear will tell you to run away. Fear will tell you, nah you're exactly Jacob, you're not Israel, you're not beloved, you're not my son or daughter. We start believing the old lies that I'm unworthy, that I'm damaged, that I'm broken, that I'm not good enough. Fear is something that will grip us and hold us. But when we get into this reality of knowing whose we are, that I'm a child of the king, the best is yet to come. So even when there are trials, even when there are moments where life just sucks, and maybe some of you are in that moment, it's been hard. The reality is this, that you are a beloved child of the King and nothing can take that from you. Nothing, not cancer, not life, not that F in class, not starting in basketball, not finding the job that you think you ought to have, not being in a relationship, not getting married, whatever it may be, that does not define you. The one true thing that defines you is this, that I am the beloved of Jesus. That I am his kid and he loves me more than anything. And that in hard times, when it does suck and fear will come up, it will happen. That I have to remind myself that I am worthy of his love. Not because of anything I do, but because he chooses to meet me where I am. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Guys, the message is simple this morning. It's so simple. We can't, we have got to stop thinking that when hard times come, that God is not in that, that he can't meet us there. We have to remember this reality, that fear cannot control us. It does not define us, heed us. And if you're in a moment where you're afraid, I just wanna say, okay, that's okay. But would you turn to him? The one that says, I am with you. I define you. I give you worth. Not only does he call you by name, I love at the end of verse seven, it says, I'm gathering all my sons and daughters, everyone who is called by my name. <laughs> Did you know? That when we say yes to Jesus, that what he did on the cross and we believe in his resurrection, that we say this simple phrase, three words, Jesus is Lord, not my homeboy. He's friendly, he loves you, but he is Lord. Something shifts at that point in time. We are now, Jesus's name has been written on us. When the father sees us, he sees beloved. Matter of fact, he says the same words that he said to Jesus over us because of what Christ has done. We've become adopted heirs, adopted sons and daughters. He looks at us and he says, this is my son, this is my daughter with whom I'm well pleased. We get to step into that reality. And you know what? What I saw in Rochelle that whole year stepping into that, she lived in that reality. There were tears, sure. There were moments. But I was marked by the strength and courage that she didn't let fear, and she was Enneagram six. And any Enneagram sixes in here, you're like, huh, I don't wanna raise my hand, I'm afraid, that's okay. Fear is a reality for some of us. She was a six. It's no wonder that this was her favorite verse. Just a reminder to embrace what is to come, to live in the reality that he has called us by name and that he has given us his name. I think too many of us are in chains because of fear. And we put our hope in outcomes. We put our hope in expectations, not expectancy. We put our hope in what we think should happen to us or should go our way. And too many of us have built our lives on sand and we've said, this is my calling or my profession. This is what I want in relationship. This is my political ideology. This is insert X, whatever cultural trend. We just will set all these things up on sand and then we'll circle it and then we'll write Jesus's name on the sand. Jesus blesses us. But when the storms come, it's like the old parable, when the water comes, when the winds come, everything just falls. And even the name of Jesus is washed away in the sand. But what if our hope is not in circumstances or what happens in our life, but what if our hope is actually in the person of Jesus? The reality of who he is and who he says we are. Then we're building on a rock. Then we're building on a solid foundation And that's what I saw in Rochelle. So I wonder this morning, I wonder if you guys have fears you're holding on to or realities or outcomes or expectations or things that you think ought to happen. And when it doesn't work out that way, what then? Is God not with you? Or have we got it backwards? Because if Jesus is Lord, if he is who he says he is, and if we are who he says we are, then no matter what comes our way, no matter what life may bring, nothing can shake that foundation. I'm a child of the king and the best is yet to come because see Rochelle's hope was not in whether or not she got healed from cancer. We used to say this phrase, our hope is in the healer, not in the healing. You could actually insert anything. Our hope is in the caller, not the calling. Our hope is in the savior, not the saving. Our hope is in the restore, not the restoration because the hope is in the one, not in the outcomes. Because when it's in him, it doesn't matter the outcomes because he is enough. And one last thing, well, two last things. We gotta change the way we think. If Jesus is Lord, he has all of us. Lord, I give you my body, mind, heart, and soul. I belong to you. May you be glorified. Guys, we gotta change the way we think. We've gotta not let fear hold us. We gotta step into whose we are, into this new reality. And this is her prayer. May my story be a legacy of faith for you, Jesus. Her story didn't end the way I wanted it to, if I'm being honest, but I can't change that. I remember driving in my car down 169. Rochelle was in hospice and she was losing a lot of her just abilities to move and she was in bedridden. And I remember having just a moment of just like, God, where are you? Where are you? Where are you, God? This sucks. I remember in that moment, I felt this presence enter my car. It was so palpable, so peaceful. And you know what I did? I said, no, this is what you do. No, no, you can't do this. But it was in that moment that I just released into the peace and the presence. And you know what he said to me? He said, James, I'm with you, and I am with Rochelle. She knows me, and I know her. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Do you believe that this morning? Do you believe that this morning? I wonder if there are some in this room that are going through hard things, and it's scary. It's okay, you're gonna be okay. Would you, like me in that car, even though you wanna say no to him, would you be willing to lean back into his presence, to let him speak to you, to let him meet you where you are? He's not gonna force you, but he desires to be that peace and that presence in your life. So this morning as the band comes up, I'm just gonna open this space up. There's no pressure. You can do it in your seat, that's fine. But hear these words. What I've learned in my journey is this. You have to embrace it. You have to embrace the fear. You have to embrace the pain. You have to embrace the hard times. You know, I love quoting Isaiah 43, 18 and 19. Do not dwell, forget the former things, do not dwell in the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Where is he doing a new thing? He's doing it in the wilderness, in the wasteland, in the hard places. That's where God does his best work, guys. I wish, I wish that I still had Rochelle here. Gosh, but she's not. But what do I do? I embrace what comes. I don't dwell on the past. I'm grateful, I'm thankful. And I allow him to speak to my heart, to tend to my heart, to say, I'm with you. Do not be afraid, because it's scary. Guys, it's scary. The dating market in 2023, it's wild. You're like, he did not know he's going to go there. Nah, amen. All right, come on. It's scary to think about what life looks like moving forward. Confession. I'm 44 and I don't have it figured out, but I know who is with me and the one that guides me and the one that's for me, and the one that calls me by name, and the one that gives me his name. That he, as we're about to sing, is our firm foundation. And some of you have built your life on the sand, you have raised up your own standards, what you think it ought to be, and you've written his name. You've come to Asbury. Maybe, just maybe, you need to say, wash it away, Jesus. Start anew, I'm built on you. Because I know you're the one that can carry me through. I know you're the one. Yeah. So Jesus, be exalted in this time, in our response. And Jesus, if there are people that need to come forward, would they come forward with no hesitation? Embrace the fear. Embrace the moment. Embrace it. Don't let fear hold you back from stepping into the reality that you are a child of the King. Yeah, be exalted, Jesus. We praise you in your name. The altar is open, the space is, is for you. Come forth.